Welcome. You've tuned in to Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You are meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Well, hello to all our treasured friends around the world, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I'm Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. Have you ever heard of the KISS principle? There have been a couple of versions of when and how the anagram came to be, but it seems accepted that a renowned aeronautical engineer, Clarence Kelly Johnson, while directing Lockheed Martin's secret division, Skunk Works, coined the term. Some sources claim that he came up with the anagram during World War II to remind his team that the most sophisticated aircraft still had to be repaired by average mechanics with basic tools. Other sources claimed that he used the term for the same purpose in 1960 while designing jets for the Navy. While Mr. Johnson passed away in 1990, the principle he used for designing state-of-the-art aircraft has stood the test of time. K-I-S-S, KISS, stands for Keep It Simple Stupid. (laughs) That principle is used today in many areas of design work, from web design to marketing strategies to business presentations. One aspect of it is to make whatever the product is user-friendly. It can also mean less is more. We felt that with a little tweaking of the anagram, the principle can apply even more to spiritual practice and psychic development. So, KISS can mean keep it simple spirit, much more gentle, to remind us that spirit is absolutely simple. Not simple as in dumb or not valuable, but as in the simplicity of grace. Simple in this case means completely available and attainable to everyone at any time. It also means without effort. One of the qualities of grace, of course, is its effortlessness. It is said, ask and it shall be given to you. That is the way of spirit. It doesn't say, ask and maybe if you try hard enough when you ask, When you seek, what you seek shall be given to you. (laughs) Or ask, and if you're really good at it, it will be given to you. In that statement of truth, ask, and it shall be given to you. There are no conditions, no need for negotiations. If you ask, what you ask for will be given to you. Simple and effortless. So, we decide to call today's episode... Simple Psychic says, no effort. (laughs) Of course, it's another play on the name of a centuries-old popular children's game, Simon Says, also known as Simple Simon Says, in which the leader tells the players what to do, and they have to do it. And there's a trick in there, too. It is said that the game originated in ancient Rome and was originally called Cicero Says, Do This. I didn't know that. 
It's believed that it was named after the revered statesman, lawyer, scholar, and philosopher Marcus Tilius Cicero, who commanded such respect in Rome during the first century BCE that if Cicero said to do something, everyone did it. Of course, he was so influential, when Mark Anthony rose to power, he had him captured and decapitated. Oops. (laughs) (laughs) I guess he lost his head over it. Yeah. Uh. Simple Simon was a character in a ballad from the latter 1600s about his various misfortunes. Then he became a popular character in a series of English-language nursery rhymes that started circulating in the mid-1700s. Some say that when the game, Cicero says do this, migrated to England, it was called Simple Simon Says. Another tradition has it that the name of the game changed to Simon Says. That's how I knew it as a child. Sometime after Simon de Montfort, a French-English nobleman who exerted so much authority that he had King Henry III imprisoned, uh, did his thing. The reasoning goes that if Simon could put a king in prison, you'd better do what he tells you to do. (laughs) I don't think that would be true today, though. Whatever the details of how Kiss and Simon Says came into being, we wanted to change it to Simple Psychic Says No Effort to remind everyone that spirit is absolute simplicity, having no effort. If you know that, you'll realize that you cannot produce effort or try to be spiritual or do anything psychically with any capability. Effort takes you away from spirit and your innate psychic awareness and abilities. Spirit is entirely without any effort since spirit is undivided. Effort is producing energy to push against another energy form. It only can be produced in a divided state. So the world is full of effort, one kind of energy pushing against another kind of energy, dividing and conquering us against them, nose to the grindstone and so on. In the world, it seems that only those who try hard enough and put that extra elbow grease into working succeed at anything. Effort is of the body. There is always some degree of effort in anything you do with your body because the body is part of this divided world made of all dichotomies, positive, negative, yin-yang, masculine, feminine, truth, lies, and so on. With your physical body, you produce some effort just to sit up straight, walk, or even lie down on a beautiful beach because there is some force working against another force like gravity pulling your body down and you have to work to somewhat free your body from the pull just to sit there. I do that every morning getting out of bed. (laughs) I think everybody does. To lift a heavy object, it requires more effort. Everything here in this world of time and space to do with your body requires some degree of effort. But effort is one force working against another to get something done. In the limitless oneness of spirit, there is nothing to work against to get anything done. Spirit just is. There is not the same kind of doing in spirit or in psychic work. Although most of us tend to associate effort with work, when we live as spirit and manifest things in this world as spirit, we do so without any effort. So From the psychic level of our life, the more we try, the more we fail. 
Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> well, that's one of the most challenging things that students tend to encounter when first learning to develop their psychic or soul awareness and abilities. Whether you're developing your clairsentience or clairvoyance or intuition, the more you try, the more effort you put into doing it, the less you are able to do it. Yet most people are trained to try harder. (laughs) I'm sure you've heard that somewhere along the way when you're growing up, or maybe even yesterday. In fact, the British educational writer in the mid-1800s, W.E. Hickson, is credited with popularizing the verse, "'Tis a lesson you should heed. Try, try, try again. If at first you don't succeed, try, try, try again." I'm I'm already tired. (laughs) If trying again means don't give up and keep persisting, regardless of difficulties or invalidation, it's correct and helpful in accomplishing something. Yet, all too often, people interpret trying as putting forth more effort into the future to get something done, as in, it's not working now and I haven't gotten it done yet, but I will try to get it done whenever I finally, sometime in the future, get to the point of succeeding. That's not just persistence. It's producing a lot of effort. As Yoda said, and you know, you gotta, you have to trust Yoda. (laughs) From Star Wars. Yep, Yoda of uh, the master Jedi in Star Wars, he said, quote, this is, I, I'm quoting Yoda. Yeah? <laughs> I'm not making this up. <laughs> he said, quote, no, try not, do, do or do not. There is no try, end quote. Exactly. I mean, I couldn't have agreed with Yoda more. <laughs> he must have known what he's talking about. Why? Well, when you're trying to do something, you're definitely not doing the thing you're trying to do. That's what Yoda was pointing out to Luke Skywalker, young Luke Skywalker, his student. (laughs) (laughs) He saw Luke trying to do and trying to do it, but Yoda knew that as long as Luke was trying to do it, he wasn't going to do it. You have a choice. You can try to do something or you can just do it. Well, I encounter the same thing, for example, in teaching beginners to see clairvoyantly. Most beginners assume that they want to see clairvoyantly, but at the same time, they don't see clairvoyantly because they're not aware of having the kinds of experiences reported by known clairvoyants in books and talks and whatevers, such as seeing people's auras or, or seeing their own spirit guides energy flying across the room, whatever, yet that's a false assumption. The truth is that they are already clairvoyant and seeing clairvoyantly, but because they don't recognize yet how clairvoyance works and they don't recognize what they are seeing, they dismiss their clairvoyance as not there within themselves 
right now. Then when they decide, you know, I'm not clairvoyant yet. I, I don't have the ability of clairvoyance right here on tap. It's somewhere, you know, maybe I can learn to, to develop that. They project their desire to become clairvoyant into the future when they somehow would be able to learn to see what clairvoyants see. But right now, within myself, I don't have it. It's somewhere out there in the future. It could be out there in the future, out there someplace else, in somebody else. Those people are clairvoyant, but not me. It's like that, right? It's pretty common, normal. Against the lie of not seeing clairvoyantly or not being clairvoyant, they start trying time and again to see. I'm concentrating. I'm trying to see. I'm trying to see, but it's not working like that. None of us can recognize what we are seeing clairvoyantly or inward, inwardly seeing already if we assume that we are not seeing already. So they're working against this idea that they have in their mind, this image they have in their mind that says, I'm not seeing yet. All I see is darkness. All I see is black. I don't see these fancy, colorful auras, or I don't see spirit guides talking to me. I don't see all that stuff. So I'm not clairvoyant yet. But I'm trying to see. I'm trying to see like what I heard other clairvoyants see. Ah, But once again, only more trying comes out of trying. The harder you try, the more trying. That's the end result as you get, you end up with more trying, not the results you want. In terms of energy levels, trying brings your energy level down. Like, that's why I was joking that, oh, I'm already tired <laughs> from <laughs> reading about trying <laughs> with that uh, W.E. Hickson's uh, little verse, little ditty, right? Yeah, try, try, try again, that kind of stuff. Huh. It brings your energy level down to a more physical body level. Yet to be aware psychically anything of spirit, you have to bring your energy level up to the higher frequency of spirit. Well, when my older son was four years old, I got to witness an extraordinary demonstration of the difference of concentrated effort to produce results and no effort to produce even greater results. My son enrolled in a small local karate dojo and the master of the dojo invited him to compete in that weekend event tournament even though he only attended three classes. Well, I figured it would be a little kid's tournament at a local school gym attended by just a handful of us parents. Well, was I surprised <laughs> when I arrived at the high school gymnasium, a large one, to see the bleachers packed with a thousand people or more, probably more. The, the parents of the little kids seemed way outnumbered by all kinds of karate enthusiasts and quite a few official-looking dignitaries amongst the spectators. <clears throat> the tournament started with the little ones performing their individual <clears throat> katas, or forms, and then engaging in kumite, or sparring, with opponents. It progressed to older age groups and the various degree divisions until I assumed what I assumed was the top black belt contestants 
duking it out with each other, as well as performing amazing, amazing acrobatic feats, like twirling and, <coughs> and breaking multiple wood planks held by others in rapid succession, while still in midair. The entire gymnasium erupted in cheers after cheers, clapping many times during what I thought was the final hurrah of the tournament. It was good enough for me at that point. Once that was done, however, the MC announced that after a brief intermission, the highlight, the real highlight of the event will feature the top grandmasters of several lineages of karate styles giving demonstrations of their mastery before the final award ceremony for the tournament. So I thought, okay, I can stay a bit longer than that. We have our first break coming up. I'm going to interrupt Michael's story here. He'll um, catch it up right after the break. But this is the time we uh, give our announcements of our events. Uh, So we would like to invite you to join us for our brand new, much needed and timely four teleclass remote weekend event on Saturday, April 24th and Sunday, April 25th. Over the weekend, we'll teach you about psychic self-care, how to have creative inspiration and to develop clairvoyant vision so you can live your purpose through times of global uncertainties. Plus, if you attend one or more of the teleclasses over the weekend, you could also get to hang out with us for our popular bonus Zoom Q&A and social following the last teleclass on Sunday. And here is the teleclass uh, title lineup for the weekend. It's going to be starting at 9 a.m. Pacific time, and the first two-hour teleclass is titled TLC for your soul, taking care of your psychic self during a global awakening. And then the afternoon class, which is at 12 noon Pacific time, heal yourself from psychic allergies to people, psychic self-care for your sensitivities to others' energy, energies, I should say. And then the Sunday morning class is getting into the spirit, clairvoyantly reading and managing the beings around you in the afternoon class is the care and feeding of your clairvoyance and mediumship, getting to know your spirit guides for your psychic happiness. And, of course, our bonus Q&A talk story and social will follow on Sunday at 2.30 p.m. Pacific time. For all the details or or just to sign up, go to michaeltamora.com or better yet, call our office and speak with our wonderful assistant, Noelle, at 530-926-2650 weekdays during business hour specific time. And I'd also like to do a shout out to Noel. Congratulations for 10 years with us and happy Administrative Assistance Day. Anyway, in just a bit, we'll continue with Simple Psychic Says No Effort. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you love living the miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at MichaelTamora.com forward slash events. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must-read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. 
the award-winning book by Michael J. Tamora, beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at michaeltamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Listening to Living the Miracle, Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1 888 346 9141. Again, that's 1 888 346 9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome back, everyone. For those of you that are just joining us, our topic today is has a funny title, Simple Psychic Says No Effort. And just before the break, Michael was telling a story to demonstrate on a more physical level the difference between effort and no effort. So, Michael, go ahead and continue. Yeah. Well, I was uh, talking about when I went to see... Uh, my older son's um, karate tournament the very first time when he's like four years old. And uh, the I've already been through the, the top black belts and everything doing their amazing super twirls and kicks and crashing uh, through boards and all that. Well, and then, and then the master ceremony said, okay, short break, and then we're going to have the real highlight event of the, of the day, which was the demonstrations by the top grandmasters, who's basically these are the people who started these famous uh, uh, karate dojos and schools. Okay, so what I got to experience when I came back from the break to watch this was those incredibly fit 8th to 10th degree black belts, young young men who are black belts flying through the air and doing superhuman feats were quite mind-boggling. But you can see that they've put enormous physical effort to get to where they were at. And they were using almost superhuman effort in doing what they did. What they did were definitely done on a physical level using their very well-maintained physical bodies. Now, I'm watching, and here comes the first pot-bellied, bald grandmaster. Kind of an old guy, right? Old guy, yeah, of a highly respected historical school, slowly ambled out into the center of the gym in his red silk robe. Quite the contrast from those super-fit black belt hot doggers. And the assistants moved his, uh, removed his red robe, exposing a naked, upper flabby-looking torso extending above the red silk pajama pants. And the master signals to an assistant who then lugs over two heavy buckets to him. The assistant shows the audience that one bucket is filled with burning coals. And he, just to prove his point, he puts a wooden stick towards the top of the bucket. He doesn't even go put it in the bucket. It's just the top is hot enough. And the t- stick instantly bursts into flames. And into the other bucket, 
with some boiling liquid in it. The assistant dips a strip of raw meat, (laughs) which comes out a moment later as sizzling cooked meat. Whoa. He announces that it's a bucket full of boiling oil. Then the grandmaster closes his eyes and meditates for a couple of seconds and proceeds to slowly put one arm in each bucket beside him all the way down past his elbows. Rather than the raucous cheering that went on during the athletic black belt's performances, the entire audience went silent. After about a minute, the grandmaster pulled his arms out of the buckets and held them out for all to inspect. His left arm that was in the boiling oil was dripping oil, but no sign of any burning or even redness. His right arm that was in the middle of burning coals was covered with ash, but without injury. The grandmaster bowed and the assistant wiped down his arms and helped him put his robe back on and he ambled out of the gym the same way he came out. The spectators didn't know how to react. (laughs) There was dead silence and some clapped a little bit afterwards hesitantly. Well, isn't that what we're supposed to do? (laughs) While others just sat in shock after the old man blew everyone's minds. But wait, that was just the first grandmaster. There were several others, (laughs) all equally or even more incredible. One, for example, another pot-bellied, bald old guy took off his red silk robe top, stood in the center of the court, and six of those superhuman 10th degree black belt guys stood in six different equidistant directions of the court, each with a very long and razor-sharp spears in their hands. They demonstrated the sharpness of their spearheads by slicing a sheet of paper floating by them into shreds, you know, karate style. (laughs) I was thinking, coleslaw, you know, I should get one of those to make coleslaw. Anyway. (laughs) So the next, the audience held their breath in unison. I mean, I did too, as the six black belts charged full speed with spearhead pointed directly at this poor old guy in the center. There's no chance that this old guy could move in time to not get gored by at least one of the six or defend himself in any way against any one of them, much less all six of them. That would have seemed impossible even if the six attackers were average Joes without any high-level martial arts expertise, but these guys were top-notch. So, The spectators start screaming in horror as it was inevitable. I mean, within the next half a second, this guy, there's going to be terrible bloodshed all over the middle of the gymnasium. And we all saw six incredible, capable top karate experts all flying backwards all of a sudden through the air. They're, They're like 10 feet in the air flying backwards. With their spear, the spearheads, the metal part, completely bent backwards, like it was melted back. And then they fly about 50 feet away from the Grandmaster in every direction that they came from, the same direction they came from. They went flying back, and they landed on their bums. (laughs) 
Even though each black belt got a spear tip almost to the point of impacting the master's body, the master calmly stood there doing absolutely nothing physically outwardly. He didn't try to defend himself or anything. He just sat there, stood there, arms down, not twitching even. And everyone else flew away. And the spears were melted backwards. It looked like, literally, it looked like all those six guys just before the impact got blown away by a, a bomb explosion, right? It was that significant. To me, this was a great demonstration between what can be done through supreme physical effort as exemplified by the top black belts and what can be done energetically on a psychic or soul level of awareness simply with no effort by the grandmasters. Each grandmaster used his inner awareness and power to transform what appeared to be in the physical world as accomplishing the miraculous that defied all laws of the physical world of time and space. When you consider that kind of demonstration, it may make it easier for you to understand that the stories told about what enlightened beings like Krishna or Buddha or Jesus did are actual experiences rather than made up fairy tales or myth. There are so many examples in history of the accomplishments of saints and mystics that may seem to be fiction in the context of how things seem to be normally in this world. Yet, once a soul begins to master the illusion of time and space and of the body and the world, miracles become an everyday experience. One of the keys to being able to have the experience of spirit is relinquishing the desire to put effort into doing something and just stepping forward to doing it with awareness and certainty. And sometimes um, the awareness and certainty comes secondary in certain circumstances. Sometimes spirit will allow us to experience a no effort uh, spiritual or psychic experience. And, you know, it'll come and it'll go, but it shows us that we're capable of something. Um, one of the things, actually, I wanted to share a little story with you sure. that, that um, happened with me. And it was quite a number of years ago. I had been going through my psychic training. And um, it was one of my, uh, not the original clairvoyant training, but one of the classes, group classes afterwards. I think it was the minister's training or something. And as I was getting ready for my graduation, something happened to my space. And, you know, I had been uh, practicing and uh, practice is really important because that's how we get into less and less effort as we practice. And there is some effort in practice. But as we practice, it becomes easier and easier. And on a Friday morning, the Friday before the Sunday of um, this, what I'm going to share with you, I woke up in the morning and, well, I had had, I realized my chakras were lined up. My energy was lined up. I, it was the healthiest I ever felt physically but energetically, I've been spending several years now practicing, working with energy, practicing the practices we talk about on this show. And I realized when I woke up that I had actually been 
fully awake through my whole night. Through, not awake as in hovering above my body, seeing my body sleeping, but actually being in the world that we go to when we go out of the body and sleep at night. And I could tell you everything I did. It was like if you told, asked me what I did yesterday, I could list all the things I did yesterday. And it was a busy day yesterday. It was like that. And it was an, an, this incredible experience. And I went through the day ex- have, almost feeling like a different kind of person. Um, I wasn't experiencing everything quite as solidly here as I did before, but I could, I really sensed the energy and I just, my chakras felt good the whole bit. I went to sleep that night to Saturday night and I, I uh, fell asleep, but then I woke up standing next to my body and went to work in my astral state. And then it happened again the next day. I was able to be aware before I came back in my body, gave gave my body a little healing, even the way I give other people healing. And then I went through this that Saturday in that same state I was in on Friday, even though I was at work, I, I was in this very high uh, energy state. And then I went through it again on Sunday night, and I found out that I would be the uh, valedictorian of my class. And I think um, they didn't tell me until the last minute. And... I, I think there was just some real good state I was in to experience that. And so the next time I was in meditation, I asked Spirit, um, that was really great, but I noticed after the Sunday it sort of faded away. And why why can I maintain that? And Spirit told me, this is the state that humanity is moving towards, 24-hour awareness and we just wanted you to have a no-effort experience of it and surprise you with this experience because this is where humanity is going. Yeah, no effort. And isn't that so different than the way most everyone experiences life here on Earth? You know, life is hard and then you die. <laughs> it's, it's difficult. And, ah, well... Life has many challenges for any of us. <clears throat> but whether we go through those challenges in a great deal of effort and resistance and suffering, or we go through them effortlessly. Raphael mentioned practicing. Practicing is key. Practicing is the secret because What's the real purpose of practicing? For me, the purpose of practicing is to get to the place of producing no effort in doing whatever it is you're doing. Oh, that's why, you know, top level um, figure skaters or gymnasts or whatever can do things that look like it's not possible to do. I mean, you try to do it and you fall flat on your face (laughs) and go, hmm, they made it look easy. Ah, they made it look effortless. But if you interview them, each one will tell you how much effort they put into practicing and practicing and practicing. And then, oh, if you remember anything you started to learn to do. When you first start to learn, it doesn't matter if it's speaking a new language 
or, or figure skating or typing or anything, anything you learn to do well. Remember when you first started, oh, it, yeah, it wasn't easy. And I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do this. And you fall on your face and you stutter and you, okay, you pick yourself up. You do it again and do it again. That's the persistence part. Until you do it enough where you start to have certainty in yourself, you start to recognize, I have this. It's already inside of me. I have this awareness. I have this ability. I can do this. Then, as you let go of the effort, more and more you let go of the effort, and you realize, I have it. And you can do it flawlessly. Our second break is coming upon us already, so I wanted to remind you that you can call our office to purchase any of our edited and mastered teleclasses, courses, all-day seminars, and retreats as an MP3 download to inspire you and give you simple but powerful tools you can apply in your daily life and to help you manage its various challenges. You can find many of the titles and descriptions by clicking on the Download Audio tab in the Events menu section of michaeltamura.com or by calling our office and speaking with our assistant, Noel at 530-926-2650. And by the way, we're working on a new website, and that's going to even be easier access. Less effort. Less <laughs> effort. You better believe it. When we return, we'll continue with Simple Psychic Says, No Effort. See you in a couple of minutes. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at MichaelTamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award winning book by Michael J. Tamora, beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. If you love Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at michaeltamora.com forward slash events. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Listening to Living the Miracle, Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1 888 346 9141. Again, that's 1 888 346 9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. (laughs) 
Well, it's great to have you back. We've been exploring what it means to keep things simple in our lives, why it's so important to let go of the effort of trying hard to do things, yet how to do get things done without getting into a lot of effort. So without undue effort, let's continue. Well, this is such an interesting thing because... Um, it seems like a dichotomy that it takes some effort to get into no effort. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what I was talking about earlier with practicing. Um, And even if you want to think about it this way, even a commitment to a spiritual path, whether it's uh, following the things we're teaching or following a religion or following a personal practice of your own, what is the purpose of practicing something is to get better at it and have it be easier and easier so you have that with you forever. And one of the places I, one of the examples I'd like to use in working out the effort is something I see in the world of psychics all the time. And that is psychic protection. You know, psychic protection is something a lot of psychics practice with white lighting or shielding themselves. And, you know, if you think about all those kind of tools, it actually is producing a lot of resistance and effort, your energy, when you're, when you're putting out that resist, that uh, shielding or that white light. And in some cases, there's actually a negative consequences like people who white light themselves. Um, we find that's a very useful tool in extreme emergencies But you don't want to be white-lighted all the time because white light is very effective and it it won't let energy in. But the other thing that happens is it won't let energy out either. When I used to teach classes, I I could point out the people in the class who were practicing white lighting because they everybody that practices white lighting usually, especially for years and years and years, usually look a lot older because they're not releasing any of the gunk in their space. It's just hanging around them and going through and through and through. So uh, an alternative, let's say, to shielding and uh, white lighting and, and all that kind of stuff is something we call body of glass. And it's a, a non-resistance way of handling energy. If you could imagine that a sunbeam coming through a window does not damage the window, right? It's coming through the window and just passing right by, right? Using your, moving your space into a body of glass is like that. It's not fragile like glass and it's not allowing anybody to hurt you. It's just letting it pass by. You know, Jesus had a saying, be as passersby. I think that was one of his shortest sayings he ever said in the Gospel of Thomas. Yeah, and now... The quantum physicists are recognize, finally recognizing the body isn't solid. It's 99.9999% space. Yes. So how you do a body of glass or how, just as an example with this no effort, since, you know, if you want to be really good at all the things that anyone is teaching, it is going to take practice. But this is one that you can start with, if you like, is just a, closing your eyes Giving yourself a nice breath, and you can create that grounding cord from the first chakra to the center of the earth, just to give yourself a little grounding. It's a connection like a tree trunk. And be in the center of your head, and just imagine that you have this energy around you, your aura, 
In fact, just let your aura come in around you about six feet above you, beneath you, around you, front and back and sides. And now, even though your aura has lots of colors and your body has density, just imagine that your whole space, including your aura, is just clear like glass. Just like that glass window letting the sunbeam through. Just let it be clear. And just notice how that feels to you. And notice how it all, all of a sudden things lighten up quite a bit. And if you want to really see the difference between this body of glass space and no body of glass, is maybe in a day or so, have no body of glass and then set your alarm to set a body of glass and see what the difference is in your day. When I first entered my psychic, before I even entered my psychic training, I was going to the psychic school for a while and I walked in the room and I saw a person practicing that and I didn't know what it was. And the director of that school came over to me and said, you're looking at her body of glass. And I go, I don't know what it is, but she just seems so clean. And, you know, she was just an ordinary woman, but her energy just felt really clean and clear. And that's what body of glass will help you do, because not only are you being non-resistant to the energy coming at you at any given time, it's helping you to release energy as well through that grounding cord. So, like we've been saying, practice is where the real purpose of any kind of practice is letting go of effort. The more you practice, the more you start to learn to let go of the effort you're in. Because effort is all in your mind. Even though we, we manifest it, we you know, act it out in the body, the effort is really in the mind. And that effort is actually the distance in your mind between you and your goal that whatever it is that you'd like to do or accomplish or have or be. And the further the distance, the more you think, I'm not there yet. I, I can't do this. I don't have it within me to, to do this. You don't have the certainty. That's all the effort because you're looking at it in your own mind as I'm here and my goal that I want to attain is way over out there, way in the future. If I practice playing this violin for the next, you know, 30 years, 10 hours a day, I'm going to be able to get to, you know, uh, what is it? Violin mastery. <laughs> <laughs> the beginning of violin mastery. It's like, okay, that's a long distance in your mind. You're putting it way out there. I don't have it right now. But you become less and less in effort. You become more effortless as in your mind, the distance between where you are right now to where you'd like to be gets shorter and shorter. So with practice, what happens? It's every time you're practicing and you start to discover, you know what? I'm, I'm starting to be able to do this thing. Well, the distance got shorter in your mind. And then with more practice, you start finding out, hey, you know, this is getting kind of be, to be fun. I'm, I'm not failing. I'm, I'm not a miserable failure all the, every time. And the distance gets even shorter until I'm doing it. And then not only are you doing it, you're doing it. Well, the distance getting even shorter until finally you go, hey, I know how to do this. I can do this. 
I'm not the best in the world at it, but I can do this. Ah, now it's in you. And from that point, your growth is so much faster because you, you're, not, you're not making more distance between where you are right now and where you'd like to be. So why not be proactive and start off with no distance between where you are right now and your goal? Let's say you like to develop your clairvoyance and be able to see spirit, to be able to see the higher vibrations of energy that's beyond the vibrations of this physical world. Okay, what if you start in your mind, you start to let go of those ideas that I'm not there yet. I don't have it within me until I practice it far long enough and hard enough. Then I finally am going to have the certainty to declare I have it within myself. What if you start off with, guess what? Even though I, I don't recognize it and I don't think I'm, I'm seeing auras and, and spirit guides and all of that stuff, and I can't do what those people are doing right now yet, but I know I have the ability and everything I need already within myself. Oh, all of a sudden, the distance disappeared between where you are right now and where you'd like to be. Where you'd like to be, you already have it within you. You already are. You just need to practice it to bring it out of you so that you can demonstrate it in time and space. Oh, so in spirit, you already have everything. So clairvoyance and that is a psychic ability because it's a soul, the ability that's innate already to every soul. Every soul has clairvoyance inside of themselves. But not every soul incarnated in physical form in time and space is able to demonstrate it to in this world their clairvoyance. That's the only difference between, say, Raphael, me, and, or, or some of you who feel like, oh, you're not clairvoyant. No, that's the only difference. We're demonstrating it more each day than perhaps some of you are demonstrating it each day. That's all. That's the only difference. The clairvoyance is the same. We, we, this being the soul, being a spirit being is the same. It's how much of any particular aspect of being spirit is any one of us using and demonstrating in time and space in this world. That's the only difference. So once the practice of letting go of effort starts with that awareness and the certainty that you have in yourself that, okay, even though I, I can't quite demonstrate it like those people over there right now, I know I have it. It's already, I'm already clairvoyant inside. I just have to bring that ability and express it in time and space. Ah, that's the, that's the catch. And the funny thing is being able to demonstrate and express in time and space seems like it takes a long time sometimes. But that's the time it takes is how much time does it take for you to recognize in your own mind that you already have it. So once you start to practice that in your mind, oh yeah, I, I already have this. I just have to learn to 
and practice to bring it out and express this ability or express this aspect of myself. It doesn't have to be clairvoyance. It could be compassion. Compassion is a total, natural, innate state of uh, a spiritual being, a state of spirit. So every one of us inside has compassion. But when you look at it in this world, oh, definitely these people are incredibly compassionate. That means they're just demonstrating a little bit more of the compassion that all of us has. Probably through practice. Through practice, yeah. And, you know, it's anyone who has and demonstrates a lot of compassion. You better ask them because they've been through painful experiences where they just felt like initially wanting to kill somebody. But they said no. And I'm, I'm, I know I have this compassion within myself, the capability to love regardless of what I'm going through, regardless of what's happening in the world. I have it already within myself as spirit. I'm going to practice just bringing that out more. And as they do that over time, oh, other people experience these great saints and these great beings that no matter what anybody does or says, they give you compassion. Absolutely. And with no effort. Well, we're coming to the end of our show. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed it and gained some new insights, understanding, and tools. Be sure to join us next Wednesday to consider how much of your stress is psychic stress. We'll continue to explore the practical, everyday aspects of what being a soul or a psychic being is and what it takes to live your soul life here in this world. We also encourage you to join us Saturday, April 24th and Sunday, April 25th for any or all of our special remote for teleclass and bonus Zoom Q&A weekend event, psychic self-care, creative inspiration, and clairvoyant vision to live your purpose through times of global uncertainties. I'm looking forward to that one. I am too. <laughs> Learn how to take better psychic care of your soul self, tap into your inner creativity and develop your innate ability to discern truth from lies and illusions. Make sure to check out our April website events listing for all details and to sign up. You can also sign up by calling our office at 530-926-2650. Hope to see you there. Until then, be inspired, use your imagination, and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora. We'll see you next week. We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth.